are in the studio today with Yolanda Kelly, the owner, operator, president, CEO of a premier boutique matchmaking service called Love in Vogue. Did I say that pretty good? Perfectly. <laughs> hello, hello. Hey, so we're here today to talk about all things get your groove back, all things find myself a husband or a wife. <laughs> all of that. <laughs> what I want to know is, Yolanda, tell me what got you started doing the matchmaking business? So it was my own personal struggle that really um, got me involved with this whole matchmaking industry, right? So I'm, I was trying to solve what I thought was a problem, okay? And what I've learned is that being single is not the problem, right? <laughs> but at the time, I thought that was my perspective, and I thought that it was a problem. But um, no, it was my own personal journey. I just had this bright idea, and I went off to New York and um, became certified as a matchmaker so I could learn the ins and outs um, of the business. And, you know, over the past three years, I launched three years ago, I've define the business more, but it was my own journey of, you know, I'm married twice, divorced twice, you know, living single. And, you know, I was just like, it has to be a better way. So I had, I had to find that way for myself and for other black women. So speaking of black women, did you find that there was a disparity in the market? Because we've seen like the million dollar matchmaker shows on TV. We've seen The Bachelor. We've seen all that. And it doesn't seem to be really geared towards the Afro-American or the non-white uh, culture. So that being said, did you, in your research and in your training, did you find out that there was a deficit for black women and men? Oh, absolutely. Not so much black men. I mean, you know, black men kind of have their pick. So <laughs> that's <laughs> not so much the problem. But I, I will say that traditionally matchmaking has been an industry for affluent white males. And um, so, yeah, there, there are very few matchmakers who actually service black women. So there's definitely a need in this industry to have someone who's looking out for us. Is the reason why, because these services aren't cheap, by the way. And I know for me, if I'm going to put my thousands of dollars or whatever that magic number is out there, I'm kind of going to want to see some results. <laughs> Absolutely. Is, is the inclination that Black women don't want to lose their money and don't have confidence in the process? What do you think? No, I think I think the clients who I have service they they have confidence in the process. Maybe kind of skeptical because it's new, it's uncharted waters for them. Um, but it's like it's kind of a desperation behind it. You know, it's like it's kind of like it's a last resort. <laughs> uh, you know, that's you know, it's I think women feel like they've tried everything. And nothing has worked. And they just come to, to the business, to me, just frustrated. Like, can you help me? Um, and sometimes I can. And, you know, sometimes I can't. It depends on the effort. Because at the end of the day, whatever you do, you have to put effort into it. Yes, that is so true. I think most people either love coaches for 
the accountability factor of it or they hate coaches for the accountability factor of it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So, um, and then too, is this kind of idea around matchmaking, you know, especially when I, you know, um, when I'm, I don't really work with men. So men are not my clients, right? Uh My database is, you know, where I need men. So I need men to go to my database and, you know, uh, do a profile, but it's women who I'm trying to service, but it's a very kind of, you know, men are very visual creatures. So, you know, you got to put your best self out there. And sometimes I think black women interpret that, especially professional black women, they interpret that as, that men want to get to know the professional side of them because that's where you're spending your time and your energy, but that's really not what I find that men are interested in when I talk to them. Now you just said something that's really funny to me. (laughs) I I just interviewed my husband, Charles for another episode where we're talking about dating after 40 and we each have different experiences for a lot of reasons. But what I've found and we talked about these online dating, uh, services right and i was like did you ever notice that the same guy or girl is on every single one of these platforms and for like years on end and i just wonder are people in it for just to be on it are they in it to take it seriously and are they really putting their best profile forward because those pictures are all over the place (laughs) yes yes so yes so let's talk about this online dating right i mean because really in in this time of COVID-19 and when we're not able to socialize and connect the way that we're accustomed to, you know, dating has changed. Um, You really have to rely on online dating. And, you know, that's one of the services that we offer at Love and Bogus online matchmaking. Um, But yeah, you know, you go, I think to, to answer your question, it's all kind of individuals out there. It's like the world is your stage, right? Because you can connect with anyone anywhere. Um, And I think because of that, you have different pools of people who really may want different things out of it. You know, there are individuals who who are looking to make a connection and they use online dating as a tool to do that. Even as a matchmaker, I'll say it's a great tool. Mm-hmm. It's a great tool. And, and I would say right now, it's one of the best. If you're not dating online, you're probably just entertaining four walls and Netflix right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because that's really the safest, that's really the safest thing to do. But let's just kind of talk about how to be successful. I want to spill some secrets about, you know, how I've worked with clients and help them to be successful with online dating. Absolutely. So, you know, we've all heard that a picture is worth a thousand words, right? It is. So the very first thing to do is to really, you know, is to get a set of photographs that that look amazing, uh, that tell a story about yourself. Um, You know, I refer to these as lifestyle photos Um, because men, again, are visual creatures. Right. So Mm -hmm. your best opportunity to get noticed is with your photograph. Well, now, hold on. 
hold on, mm-hmm. what we say with them photographs now, do you think that, and you may go into this, I may be preempting you, should you have a headshot, a full shot? You know, what, what types of shots should you have? Yes. So you should have both actually, right? So if, if you put your headshot, usually that's kind of not enough to get someone's attention if they're scrolling through an app, right? So, but that photo that shows you maybe on the beach, you know, having a great time, that is going to get someone's attention and says, hmm, she likes to travel. Hmm. And I like to travel. So it's more than just about that. It's to, do you have things in common? And you try and tell that story through the photograph. I like that. Now, but it gets controversial too. <laughs> you said, yeah. you said uh, bring in your best picture. Now, if I go get my professionally done headshot, that's probably not me all day, every day, right? So it's yeah. not the best representation of me, but it is a version of me. Because you've taken the time to do your makeup, to do your hair, you know, to present yourself in, in a better light. So um, so headshots are, are good. It's a great start. You know, it's better than sometimes the selfie that you just take and, you know, that you send out to all your friends. It's probably not that photograph that you want to post. You really want to, you know, if you're going to put some effort into online dating, that's where you put the effort in the photograph. Well, what about the people who say, and I've encountered this when I was on those platforms, it it was, (laughs) that whole deal was hilarious to me but (laughs) people would say well I can't have my real picture out there because of what I do for work or they would put you know the smoking mirror oh this is really my girlfriend but I just need the picture to put up there it was like who does this stuff now the guy's mad because he's at the meet and greet and he's like hold up who are you because this is what I saw on on profile and you're not that person (laughs) (laughs) that happens But I think if, you, if you're really serious about having a, a good outcome, that you got to put yourself out there, you know? And I do have clients that come and say, absolutely not, because of what I do, I can't do online dating. And I say, well, that's just one less opportunity you have to connect because you, you have to be willing to do that. Um, and there's some ways around, there's some techniques around that that I... I it's some workarounds, but we won't discuss that today. <laughs> Be willing to put yourself out there. But what job, I'm just trying to think, even as Secret Service for Obama, you don't have to tell me what you do for a living based on your picture. You don't have to shoot with Secret Service in the, the United States flag behind you. You know what I'm saying? So I don't really know what the controversy is. Around. I think the controversy is, look, people, we all think of our, even when we're connecting, for, uh, you know, relationships, we still want to be our professional self. Mm. And in that space, you're not, you Mm. know, that's not what you're trying to achieve. That's a different part of yourself. Now, speaking of that, let's talk about the interview questions. (laughs) Since it does feel like it's a job. Everybody goes through that first five top questions. What you do? How many kids you got? Have you been married? Do you have any kids? (laughs) Why are you single? (laughs) Yes. Do you think this is a good idea or should you be a little more original? Yeah. Look, when you connect authentically, I think that becomes a lot less of an issue, right? I, I just think today... We try too hard sometimes. We don't, I I see that women 
don't want to go through the process of dating. And it is a process. But sometimes you have these connections where that person wants to know all of that. And it's just it's so easy. You know, that's the connection. That's really the real connection. A lot of times when I'm prepping a client for a date, I say, please don't marry him on the first date. <laughs> this is just easy. It's just, just get to know him, mm -hmm. you know? You know, because you, a lot of times I think women look at things from the perspective of what they want the outcome to be. Yes. And then you miss so many good things about people in between. And every time you are introduced to someone or make a connection, it doesn't mean that it's an intimate connection. It could just be a lifelong friendship. The word thirsty comes to mind, right? We've all heard that word in society, being thirsty. I think people can put off that energy. I know this girl and everyone she dates, she thought, oh my God, that's my husband. I'm like, girl, if you don't calm down, like yeah. I know you're probably pushing off those vibes in person. <laughs> yes, yes, it happens. You find a lot of disappointment in that because I really when you know you can meet someone and it could be the one and you just not have this kind of fairy tale connection. You know, sometimes you just have to get out your head. Um and I think women do that a lot because they just want the connection so bad. They want to meet the one so bad instead of just kind of you know, letting things flow. And I think we get in our own way too, like you said, because I remember I saw this post on Facebook one day and this girl was like, oh, I was in the Uber with this guy and he was getting, I think he got off before she did and he offered to give her his card and he said, call me. This thing got all worked up because she thought he was after her and was damn near trying to marry her. And I'm like, in my mind, I didn't even comment on the post, but I'm like, you're doing way too much. You're in Uber for a finite amount of time he was yeah. simply saying, here, I don't have time to talk to you right now. Just call me. She took it like he wanted her and was lusting after her. I was like, oh, my God, you're doing too much. And this is why you'll be single for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, ladies, just, just, just take your time. Because we know that if he really wants you, it's nothing that can stop him from getting to you. You know? Now, is there such a thing as a was the perfect person? And, and I'll preface it by saying, the first time I got married, I thought, I thought I had it going on, really, because I was like, okay, here's my template of what I'm looking for. You know, he had to be mm -hmm. professional. He had to be tall. I wanted light skin. You know, he had to make his own money and make good money, be a professional. The list went on, and he had all those things. And I wanted someone who had a sense of family. Those were important to me. But then he turned out to be a cheater, a beater, and all that stuff. So I'm like, well, that didn't fall on my category list at all. Like, I missed that. Mm -hmm. The second mm -hmm. time around, it wasn't about as much physical, if you will. And that, that doesn't mean mm -hmm. that I, I, I compromised. Hear me clearly. I'm just saying the, the focus shifted. It became about who you are as a person versus what you look like externally. Because, you know, say you got a cock eye, we can fix that with surgery. You got a big nose, we can fix that with surgery. <laughs> but what we cannot fix is who you are as a person. So that became the number one thing on my list. What do you say about that? Yeah. So, so look, the main thing is to absolutely know what you want. Okay. Um, and we, you know, if you've been in relationships and, you know, really the women who approach me are usually like 35 and older, right? So they've had some experience uh, with relationships. So it starts in this, know what, know what you want. 
Um, and it's not the physical things at the end of the day that will matter. You know, it's physical things may, you know, it's nice to have that, but what about kindness? Um, you know, what about uh, respect? Uh, it's those values, do your values align with the person's values? And, and you really, I mean, a lot of times we ignore that and we're all into the physical energy, the intimate energy, and we're just not looking at those behaviors and the value system, right. you know? Does he, does he have children? Does he spend time with his children? Mm -hmm. Does he love his mama? <laughs> you know, these things matter. But yeah. we, 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 like I say, we sit at that first day and, you know, we're just like, oh, he is so handsome. Well, that's not gonna carry you far. There could be a lot of crazy behind that hand. Self-love is the beginning to any successful relationship. It starts with you and then what you put out, that's what you're going to attract, right? And you want to attract good people with great values into your life. So if I want to enlist your services, I'm a woman. You said your demographic, your target market was 30s on up or 35s on up. Mm -hmm. What does the process look like? Do I call you? Do I get on your website? How does that work? Yes, so you can go to loveandvogue.com and there you can complete a profile and schedule a 20-minute free consultation. You can be in my database for free and I call you about a date, you know, just because I read profiles and, you know, I may meet someone and say, hmm, this, this may be a great match for Vanessa, right? <laughs> so... That's kind of how it works. And, you know, I, I take clients where I do traditional matchmaking and I'm actually matching them with someone in my database or I'm searching for this person for them. Most matchmakers, they have a database, they go through a database and they match you. I work somewhat like that, but also like a headhunter, like finding the person. Um, so that's harder in this age of COVID. So that's why the online matchmaking is also an option for clients as well, where I actually help them set up profiles, manage their profile, um, and you know, assist them to communicate with uh, matches. Is there a real science behind it? And I say that based on the love at first sight or married at first sight show, right? We've all seen that. And yes. all this science data, is it really that serious? Is it really scientific? It is. I mean, you know, in the matchmaking world, you know, it's all about science. But then when you look at the Will and Jadis of the world, you understand that it's more about work. <laughs> it's more about the desire and the work that you're willing to put yes. in. And I, I think that's the bigger conversation. Um, is that are you willing to put in the work? A lot of times we say we want something until we get it and then it doesn't kind of look the way we want it to look or it doesn't act the way we want it to act. And then we're just like, we're out, right. you know? And you know, everybody's not meant to be married. Some people may be connected, but not married, you know, because it, that is a space of real work. Look, I've been there, you know? <laughs> And you have to be willing to put in the work. So, yeah, it is a lot of science behind it. And I read a lot of books about the science uh, of it because in that matchmaking space, that's a huge discussion for us. Do you think that you have to date forever to 
find the one. Like, I don't feel, I have a, I have a friend and she's dated these guys. And by like the third date, she's almost like put a ring on it. But I also, the, the other side of that is the guy kind of throws, he uses his words very methodically to lead women on sometimes. And they'll make you think mm-hmm. that, oh, I'm, I'm taking you very serious and we're in an exclusive relationship and I see you being my wife. When you start saying those words, women start going, oh, okay, okay. Let me, let me give you all of what I got because you're trying to marry me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so how, how do you actually, advise them about being cautious with their words? You know, if, if I'm going to advise a woman, and, and look, the space that I'm advising is how to date, to date, don't sit on the couch and think that some man is coming to the door and knock on the door and that's and it's going to happen. But you can absolutely walk out the house today in the grocery store and meet someone and it be the one and it lasts forever. Mm-hmm. You know, that is absolutely possible. So I'm just, I am just con- teaching women Look, be your best self. If you want this, there's a way to go about it. And maybe you need to tweak some things or do some things differently. But you also need to know exactly what you want. You you need to know what you're going to accept and not accept and be willing to look at it and say, oh, it's kind of what I want, but I think I'll wait and and see what the next one (laughs) You know, and just not accept anything because you just want to be connected to someone you know because that's not good either do you think it's appropriate I imagine in my 20s I was probably if I didn't like you I just would delete your number and block you or do all that weird stuff right (laughs) yeah as we get older and mature and you said your audience is more professional based Uh do you think that if it's not going to work that the each party owes it to the other to say I don't think it's going to work for these reasons. In other words, do you feel like people owe each other an explanation? Well, we know what ghosting is, right? So a lot (laughs) of times you may not get an explanation. If someone is not feeling you, they just may ghost you and and not say anything. But I think it just kind of depends on the person that you want to be. Like you should not really be concerned if somebody does that because they're not the right ones for one for you if your value system is about respect if you if you value communication that person is just showing you that's not what they're about so that 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 you should take as oh i should i should move on i shouldn't it's okay i mean it is offending if if somebody goes to you and they just don't say anything Mm -hmm. Um, but one of the nice things about having a matchmaker is is when they go on a date i'll arrange the date and i also get feedback after the date and so i'm able to share those things with my client oh that's awesome that's really good and tell me about when you set these dates up, you get feedback from both people or is it your client that you get the feedback? From? I get feedback from both people. As in like where they want to go or what, do you give them advice on what to oh, do? How they felt the about the person, how they felt about the date. You know, the goal is you have one day is to get to the next day. And sometimes people just don't, they just know from the first introduction, no, th- this is not it, you know? Along those lines, I was talking to my husband. I said, you know, and when I was doing this dating thing, I would vet people out over the phone. Never once would I meet you and have never had a conversation with you because 
that's like the worst in my opinion because <laughs> I could bet I could save myself the aggravation the getting dressed uh-huh. up and doing my hair if I just had a conversation with you and realized you sound like Mickey Mouse I don't like Mickey Mouse voice you know or you know <laughs> you talking like a whole criminal like I don't like that so you you would be ruled out based on your tone or how you sound yeah. you encourage people to have that conversation verbally before meet and greeting in person I really don't. I really bet both, right? Like I, I, I am the person who is, uh, you know, I, I know what the profiles say. I've talked to each individual and I just want to teach my clients to trust me. Okay. Um, and it's really like a blind date. Mm. Yeah, I, I really, because the reason I don't and most matchmakers don't encourage that conversation or that FaceTime is because you tend to scrutinize people before giving them the opportunity. Gotcha. So, so the date is the opportunity to do that. That sounds kind of intriguing. I, I, mm-hmm. I feel like if I ever got married again, I would probably, I wouldn't mind being matched. I think that would be kind of neat. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, and I mean, it, it really is intriguing. I mean, you know, I meet people and you say, oh, what do you do? I'm, I'm a matchmaker. And they're, you know, all into it. And I, I hear about everybody's love life, which I love. Like, that's what I can listen to all day, right? I can listen to all day. But it's, to, you know, for our community, for Black women who, you know, who do everything for everybody else, I just want them to know, look, you deserve the connection you want, you can have it, it is attainable. Do not think that you cannot. And it doesn't have to look like marriage, even though, you know, for, for a lot of us, that's that's the fairy tale. So everybody wants the fairy tale, um, but to just connect and to, you know, enjoy the process of getting to know the opposite sex is great in itself. I love that. I, I, I love what you're doing. And do you only focus in the Atlanta market or are you connecting people wherever? Yeah. So I've had clients as far away as LA. So no, it's not just in the Atlanta market. You know, it just kind of depends on, you know, what services the clients are interested in too. Okay, speak to your services. What type of services do you offer? Yes. So so we talked about traditional um, matchmaking and um, also the online matchmaking service. And um, in December, I'm getting ready to launch a subscription service for uh, African-American women um, who date. And, um, you know, it's going to be really fun. So I can't wait to talk more about that launch in the future. Yay. So stay Mm -hmm. tuned. It's going to happen in in December of this year. December 2020. Is there a right time to date? Meaning, is it, do you find people are best, my pastor used to say, date people during seasons and see them in all aspects of the hot, the cold, the in-between, because personalities change with seasons as well. And I don't know if you've gotten that finite with it, but do you find there's a better season than others for, from a mating and matching perspective? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. No, I think, look, I think the right time today is when you've accomplished, when you're in a healthy space. We, I mentioned self-love. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you have worked out things in yourself and you have, you have achieved happiness on your own, then you're a perfect candidate to date. 
it's not when you lose a hundred. Like I have women who approach me. They're like, I need to lose like 20, 30 pounds, you know, before I do this. No, you don't. Because that, that is a very physical thing. But if your health is bothering you and that is really an issue for you, yeah, you should lose 20 or 30 pounds. But don't do it for the process. Don't do it because of what someone else is going to think about you. Right. Do it for you. Good. And that's being in a healthy space. So that's when you're ready. It has nothing to do with it. Uh, uh, fall, winter, <laughs> spring, or summer, <laughs> it has to do with, you know, am I happy within myself and can I connect with someone and we enjoy this bond together? Oh, I love that. And I think you have to just be that, be whole, 100% be whole. That's, that's it. That's no, it. No one should complete you. I used to hate them. Just, oh, he completes me. I'm like, what the heck does that mean? No, that's really, <laughs> that's really not true. I mean, Look, I'm divorced and you, look, no one can complete you. You have to find the satisfaction within yourself and, and you bring that to the table. And that's what someone is going to enjoy about you. That's why they're going to want to get to know you. Now, let's talk about confident women, because I got this a lot when I was dating. You're, you're so confident. You're so independent. That's the word. You're independent. <laughs> If you're if you're a professional woman, there's probably X Y Z amount of independence that you have, and especially if you're single, right? Uh huh. Uh-huh. Do you see a lot of that? How do you help define that for a woman, or help her through this overly independent thing that guys want to label us as being? How I help them is I I tell them, and I remind myself, just be yourself. Like I can't I can't be Beyonce. So if you want Beyonce. <laughs> you got to keep moving, right? <laughs> you, We have to learn to be comfortable in our own skin and not change things for someone. Here again, if that man wants you, if that woman wants you, they're going to like you with the crooked eye. It, it's not going to matter, right? Yep. They're going to want you for you. So, you know, I don't really feel like I'm a confident woman. But I am a woman, I know what I want. Mm -hmm. And that is that can be interpreted as confidence. And you just have to know what you want. And you just don't don't feel the pressure to be anything other than yourself. You are unique in your own self. And somebody is going to love you for that. Well, I say, I asked that because I waffle with that for so long in my single days because I would get that a lot. I remember one time I booked the trip to Rome on a Thursday and I flew out that Saturday and there's this guy. Oh, I just loved him so much in my mind. I thought he was going to be the guy. He was like, okay. And when I got back, it just, it never really kicked off the way I thought it should for whatever reason. But later we had a conversation because I kind of like to get like post dating wrap up information just so I can be better. That's not to say if you tell me, well, you know, you need to stop chewing with your mouth open. Like that's going to be the thing every guy says. Right. But he, he really told me one day, he says, you, you do too much. You're too independent. Like you just spontaneously go off to, to Rome. And I'm thinking, what else was I supposed to do? I'm a single chick. I don't have to check with anybody. I cut my own grass because I have to, are you going to come cut my grass or wash my car or fill my gas tank up? 
it, it, it was such, it, it brought me down a little bit because I was like, well, am I pushing that out? And it, it started to wear on my confidence because I didn't want to be viewed as being as if though I didn't need a guy, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. that was, that was hard for me to balance. Yeah. I hear you, but it wasn't too much for Charles. So Ooh. that's the answer. He just was <laughs> right. not, he just was not the guy. Right. He was not the guy because he wanted to change the things that you were enjoying, the things mm -hmm. that brought you happiness. And anybody who, who cares about you or wants to be with you, they're not going to change those things. They're going to be attracted to those things. Mm, I like that. And yeah, Charles was like that. I said, look here, this is who I am when you met me. I have three kids. I love to travel. And I go by myself sometimes. And if that's not what you're into, then I may not be the girl for you. I just started using my words. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> I was like, I want you to know everything you're getting yourself into. If you agree, <laughs> sign on the line. If you don't agree, go about your day. <laughs> and he signed. Yeah, he signs on the line. So there you go. <laughs> I've so enjoyed this conversation with you. Thank you for, for reaching out. I mean, it was fun, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to keep at it for all the women, you know, who, who really want to, to make those connections. And, um, you know, matchmaking is a way to do that. But, you know, the real mission is just to empower Black women to enjoy the process of dating, you know? And I want to see us, you know, have families to be connected and to care about one another right it was wonderful talking to you you know I do have a question and this is something that Charles and I talked about we laughed about it and, and it may not happen in the matchmaking world because you said you do a lot of the setting up and orchestrating up the dates and things like that but <laughs> I told Charles I said if you're a McDonald's guy and I could be wrong you, you want to date in your pay grade you don't go for the CEO if you have McDonald's money because maybe that's not her cup of tea. You can't do for her on the level that she might be used to. Is that, is that a fair thing to say? No, I don't think it's a fair thing to say because you're going to miss out on someone really great because you're judging him about occupation or whatever instead of how does the person make you feel? How does he make you feel? How does he treat you? How does she treat you? Right? That's worth more than gold. <laughs> you know so no I don't agree with that and you know I look my <laughs> clients always ask me that and they don't really pay me to date blue collar guys right I'm just gonna be honest with you I mean if you know the clients that I service that's really not what they're paying but if, if that person is going to make them happy I would encourage it you know when you're dating because that's the space we're in that you should get to know different types of people. And you should know, again, what you want for yourself. And if it shows up that way, because you could be dating a guy at McDonald's, but if he, if he is attracted to you and you can make him and encourage him to be the CEO of his own company. It's the things that you see in the person instead of the superficial. You know, it's more than just what a person is doing on a day-to-day. -day. Gotcha. And I agree. That was, that was my struggle back then. I, I've grown and matured a lot in my yeah, life. Yeah, you're kind of mature now. But, <laughs> you, know, I, I, you know, I get it. But, 
you know, you should, you should be, and I think we would have saved ourselves some heartache along the way if we didn't have those things, like if we didn't have those kind of thoughts and attitudes, because I know I can say that I've missed out on some great men being in my life because I was so judgmental. What's the name of your website and how can they reach you? Yes. So the name of my website is loveinvogue.com and you can go there and hit the contact tab. It'll ask you to fill out a few questions to start your profile and you can also set up a consultation right from the website. Do you have social media as well or just the website? I do. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I, I don't do a lot of social media because I market a very confidential service, but I'm out there. You can find some, some love and Vogue stuff out there on social media. Um, but I would love an opportunity to, um, to talk to you, have a consultation and see if the service is right for you. Awesome. This is Yolanda and she is owner, operator, president of Love and Vogue. It's been amazing talking to you. I should have met you years ago, probably. Um, <laughs> Might not have made that first one, but there you go. (laughs) I wish you well. I'm looking forward to this launch in December. I can't wait to see what that's all about. Yes. Thank you, Rashida. Well, that was the best interview ever. Thanks, Yolanda Kelly of Love and Vogue. I hope you guys were taking copious notes, you guys and gals, because she dropped a lot of nuggets, helpful tips, news you can use, and more on how to date for the purpose and find the love of your life. Definitely go check her out on her website, loveandvogue.com. Fill out her profile. And um, she's also looking for a lot of African-American men. So guys, don't be shy. What do you have to lose after all? You just might find that soulmate. Loveandvogue.com with Yolanda Kelly. Be sure to subscribe, follow, like, share. Catch up on the flip side.